Okay, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, great. So very quickly this morning, um, I'd like us to put our speakers on mute now so that we can hear. Uh, this morning, by God's grace, we're going to be talking about uh, something very interesting. I'd like you to set your expectations right. Uh, expect to hear from God. Expect to receive from Him. Uh, expect that He will He will minister to you. I'm going to enable the video as well so that you can as well see my face if you want to uh, as, as we share from God's Word. Uh, so very quickly this morning, expect clarity and revelation. Expect miracles, signs, and wonders. Expect to change, expect joy and peace, expect the supply of God's grace, expect to have a testimony. Uh, the Bible says the expression of the righteous shall not be cut short. So as we gather together in God's presence this morning, I ask that you have expectations in your heart of what you want God to be able to do uh, in your life. Uh, this morning, we have 51 people currently in the room. I'd like to welcome everybody who is here today. Um, you know, I'm dressed up for church. I don't know about you. Uh, I'd like to say, you know, listen, take notes. Uh, and after we have an opportunity for us to put our questions together and put them in the chat box. You can put your questions in the chat box. When we are done, we'll try and attend to them by God's grace. Whatever questions you have will be answered on a recorded presentation as well. Today, we're talking about Christ's view, the blessing in the storm. The blessing in the storm. My name is Adil Akiemi, and I'm bringing you this word today uh, from Heaven's Christian Center. Uh, and I believe that as many of us are here today, um, are not in contention about the fact that there is a, there is some kind of storm. Um, the storm, you know, uh, there was a very interesting storm that Jesus was involved in with his disciples, uh, and the winds were blowing. Everything was turning the the boat they were in, you know, right side up. It was pushing it from side to side. The water was almost getting was actually getting to the boat, and the disciples were worried. They were troubled. And this morning, I like just quickly say what exactly is a storm. Uh, and I'm sure many of us are familiar with what a storm is. I saw this very interesting definition in the, in the dictionary. It says, a storm is any disturbed state of a body, especially affecting its surface and strongly implying a wind force. Uh, as many of you will realize today, nothing around the world is going as planned. Nothing is happening exactly as people have, you know, had planned it at the beginning of this year. People had planned that they will be traveling at this time. People had planned that they will be going for something for Easter. People had planned that they will be in school during their final exams. People had planned that their business will still be running. But we're in a place today where there seems to be a wind force that is affecting and disturbing everything that everyone had planned. And uh, in these times, there are a few reactions that are normal. Okay, some people are, you know, there's fear, there's panic. And when panic gets to its higher stage, you have terror. People are terrified. And many people are not even terrified yet because they don't really know the import of what this is about. This is not just about a viral disease. This is about the effects on people's finances even when the virality of the disease is over. People's jobs are impacted. People's lives are impacted. People are thinking, what will happen to me in the future? So there's fear, there's panic, there's terror. There's also disruption. People are disrupted. Normal plans are disrupted. And once one of my um, colleagues in school was sharing and saying, initially he was supposed to be traveling twice every month into the U.S., but based on this now, he's not traveling for the next 12 months. His boss already clarified that there will be no travel. Plans are being disrupted. People are being disorganized. Plans are being changed. People cannot go to work. People cannot sell what they sell normally. The income projections for the year is down the drain, literally, down. because there's some hmm. kind of disruption. And of course, if that was all, then you say that's all. But this storm is bringing with it disease. Some people are you know, losing their lives, literally. Some people have lost their health. There's destruction of valuables, there's destruction of resources, there's loss, 
and for some it may even be death. Now, the reality of this time is storms are real and storms have effects. And some of these things are the things that we see normally when there is a catastrophic storm. When there's a storm, you have these things. And if you remember from last week, we shared that these are the kind of emotions that people are unconsciously manifesting. There's fear and panic. There's grumbling and murmuring. And ladies and gentlemen, if, you're not, if they are not grumbling and murmuring around you already, uh, watch out for the next few days. It's going to be a lot of grumbling and murmuring. It's a storm. There's going to be doubt and worry. People are going to be selfish and self-absorbed. These are the things you expect in this season. And I want to encourage somebody out there and say, look, ladies and gentlemen, let's have no doubts about it. We are in a storm. And interestingly, I, I, I did a little check online. I found that even Pope Francis, you know, basically classifies COVID-19 as a storm. It says, referring to the COVID-19 pandemic that has hit 175 countries, infected more than 500,000 people, and left with deaths of over 24,000 people already, Pope Francis said, the storm exposes our vulnerability and uncovers those false and superfluous certainties around which we have constructed uh, our, our daily schedules, our projects, our habits, and our priorities. Brothers and sisters, um, I'm not causing fear or panic today. I'm just announcing what is. We are in the eye of a storm. We are in the eye of a storm. And in that storm, we are beginning to realize, you know, when a storm happens, usually, if you look at the storm that Paul was in, they began to throw the things that they thought was valuable before the storm, they began to throw them overboard because those things are no longer valuable. Those things are the things that can cause the ship to sink. And people held on to what was most valuable. And ladies and gentlemen, what we really have is each other. And these are times for us to reevaluate and look around and realize that many things we call valuable are not valuable. Many projects, many schedules, many habits, many priorities were superfluous uncertainties around which we have built our lives and the storm exposes our vulnerabilities. I know you, I'm sure you're aware of the story of Titanic. They said this ship cannot be sunk. And they made a boost and said even God cannot ship this sink. We cannot sink this ship. Now, unfortunately, many of us have not been in Titanic, but even around life, we have priced some things above God. We have said the healthcare system in America is so good, it doesn't require prayers. We have said the, 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 the lighting system around the different places are so good, they don't need to pray. The people that are praying are people that don't know what they are doing. Okay, people have shared those kind of comments before. This is showing our vulnerabilities. It's showing that nowhere in the world has a perfect healthcare system. Nowhere in the world can really take it if it's coming uh, the way it has come in the last few weeks. So COVID-19 is an eye-opener, is a storm of some sort, and we're in the midst of that storm. Now, when we are in the midst of a storm, what do we do in the midst of that storm? What is the blessing that we have in the midst of that storm? And this morning, I'd like us to look at scripture together. We're going to look at a, a particular story you find in all the synoptic gospels. You find it in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. I'm going to read Matthew and Mark today, and I'd like us to take our lessons directly from here as we learn directly from Jesus' uh, experience how to handle storms. Matthew 8, verse 23-27. It says, Now, when he got into a boat, I'm reading from the New Kingdom Version, his disciples followed him. Now, please note, he walked into the boat and his disciples followed him. And suddenly, a great tempest arose on the sea. Suddenly, a great tempest arose on the sea, so that the boat was covered with waves. But he was asleep. Then the disciples came to him and woke him, saying, Lord, save us. We are perishing. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? O you of little faith. Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. So the men marveled, saying, 
who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey him? Who can this be that even the sea and the winds obey him? I'd like you to pay a quick attention to a few key words here. One, the disciples followed him into the boat. It means they were not on the boat on their own. They were in the boat following him. They followed him into the boat. Okay, they followed him. And I want to say to you today that in your life, are you following Jesus? And I'd like to you know, make a particular note uh, to point number to this, to, to this verse 24 that says suddenly. Uh, and I'm sure for many of us it was sudden. Many people are lambasting uh, some pastors and saying, how come they didn't know? How come they were not told? How come they didn't tell us in the year 2020 plans what was going to happen? I'm not holding proof for anybody, but the reality is storms can happen suddenly. And for the disciples in this particular story, they were not forewarned. They were not prepared. In fact, all they had was a commanding voice of their Savior saying, let us cross over to the other side. But guess what? They still had a storm anyway, and it was sudden. I'd like us to look at the, the Mark version, because Mark version shows us a few, a few more elements that I'll need us to pay attention to today. Okay? And these few elements are, it says, on the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. So Mark says, Jesus actually instructed this. So it wasn't that only led them to the boat, he instructed them and said, let us go to the other side. He says, now, when they had left the multitude, so you will notice that they were with a multitude before Jesus Christ issued his command. Okay, that people will need to separate themselves from the crowd you know, when the storm is also about to happen. It says, they took him along in the boat as he was. The other little boats were also with him. It meant this wasn't the only boat. There were other boats that were there as well. Okay? The other boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose. And the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, the lower part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he rose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have, how? Is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be? That even the wind and the sea obey him. Very quickly this morning, we're going to explore this together. Um, I'd like you to pay attention and please keep your phones on mute. You can see a few people who are coming in and their phones are not on mute. Please put your phones on mute so that we can speak without having uh, disturbance from any end. Put your phone on mute. Just mute it so that you can listen uh, and participate from there. Okay? So very quickly this morning, for many people, all the phones are mute currently, so just keep it mute. Now, we noticed a few key things in this verse of Scripture today. And I'd like us to look at them. The first thing I'd like us to look at is, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. And I want to say to you this morning, this COVID-19 storm has the capacity to make you forget what Jesus already told you. Many of us have junked what he told us at the beginning of this year. We have junked the declarations that God opened our eyes to see about what he wanted to do this year. Jesus Christ said, let us cross over to the other side. He wanted to get over to the other side and he told his disciples, let us cross over. Now, he already told them they were going to get to the other side because that was his intention. That was his purpose, to get to the other side. But then came this storm and this storm overwhelmed the disciples you know, and, and they felt they were going to perish. They felt 
They were going to die. They felt this was too close for comfort. They were afraid, literally afraid. And, and in the midst of their fear, they had forgotten what was commanded. And I want to challenge us this morning, what has God told you this year? What is the declaration that God opened your eyes to see when this year was beginning? For us, he told us it was a year we walk with God is the beginning of our golden years. And he declared a number of things that will become our reality. And I don't know what he declared to you, but this is what he told me. And our, our, our text for where the demonstration of what God was going to do in our lives, we could find in Job 29. He says we're going to have God's special care. We're going to have God's close personal leadership. He will guide us through the darkness by his light and revelation. God's friendship will be with us and our families. We will have an assurance that God is by our side. Now, these are beautiful These are beautiful promises, amazing things, but guess what? There is no way you will appreciate any of these things that God said he was going to do at the beginning of this year, except there is darkness. There's no way you're going to experience God's friendship, except there is a challenge. It is in the midst of these challenges, in the midst of these stormy weathers, that we are able to really see the wonders and the miracles of God. If the woman's son, the widow's son, did not die, then Jesus Christ will not raise him up. He will not have a deep conviction about God's miracle working power, except there was a challenge that God fixed. So, ladies and gentlemen, I would like you to remember the promise. Remember what he promised you at the beginning of this year. Remember what he said to you when this year started. He made a few declarations to you. I'm not talking about what was shared in your crossover service and say what God told you, told you directly. And guess what? In crossover, he's saying, let us cross over to the other side. So, God is saying, ahead of 2020, these are the plans I have for you. I will make you a blessing beyond your imagination. It will be a season that you will be perceived as fair in your dealings. It will be a season of blessings from the dying and bereaved. It's a season of supporting people who are down on their luck. It's a season of an amazing Jesus back reputation. It's a season of, of captivating speeches and empowerment. It's a season of being known for helping people in trouble. Now, if you're going to be known for helping people in trouble, there has to be trouble. So if I'm looking at my notes from 2020, January 1, and I'm seeing the things that God promised, and I realize this challenge can so overwhelm us, can so make us self-absorbed and selfish that we forget what the Lord already instructed us. I'd like to remind you this morning, do not forget what he promised. Go back to your notes, review what he said. What he said is going to make happen. What he said should give you confidence, knowing that you will pass through this storm. This storm will not see your last. This season will not see your end. You will pass through. You will cross over to the other side. And you will cross over with testimonies and with goodness and with, 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 with sounds of joy and victory, and there will be a party thrown after all of this has happened in your honor. You need to stick to that promise. That promise needs to be your anchor. Whatever the storms that are blowing around, whatever reality is facing you all around, you need to realize that one of the blessings we have in the storm is that his promises will not be fulfilled except there is an arena that makes it possible. Challenges, storms, pandemics are arenas for God to show his power, to show his strength to show his abilities and for you to deepen your conviction, deepen your relationship, deepen your relationship with God. And I hope you are taking advantage of this time for that as well. So number one, do not forget his promise. Number two, I'd like to remind us one of the things that needs to be strong in our hearts today is that leave the crowd behind. I'd like to invite, inform you today that you need to leave the crowd behind. Now, if you look at the story of this storm, the Bible says the disciples left the multitude and they went with Jesus into the boat. Now, a lot of things are happening in the crowd. Jesus, following Jesus is not pedestrian. 
following Jesus is not commonplace. There is a difference. And that difference you will find very interestingly in the story that I, that I came across about 30 years ago, uh, almost 30 years ago, the story of the chicken and the eagle. And the story goes thus, that there was once uh, an e a, a farmer who went to the mountaintop and found an egg. And he found this egg on the crags of the mountain, and he took this egg and brought this egg back home. And when he brought it back home, he saw that his chicken, the chicken that he had, was incubating some eggs. So he, he, he smuggled this, this, egg into the, uh, this egg into the chicken's nest. He didn't know what the egg was. And then the chicken also abandoned on this egg. The egg cracked and induces him. And guess what? He was born into the family of chickens as well. But unknown to the farmer, this was a baby eaglet. It was an eaglet. And he grew in the chicken barn. He grew in the chicken crowd. He grew as he was growing, his feathers were growing and he was testing his wings to fly. So the farmer took his scissors and trimmed the wings. And this eaglet grew with the chicken folk for a while. They grew together and after a while, he grew like a normal chicken and the farmer forgot to trim his wings any longer. Well, because he had learned from chicken, he had learned to look at the ground, he had learned to eat with them, he had learned to flourish with them, he didn't see a difference in himself until one day. And on that day that he began to notice the difference was the day a storm began to gather. And as the storm was gathering, the chicken were pecking on the floor and walking towards the pen. But this eaglet felt a call within. He felt an inner call. Nothing in the environment was suggesting anything. But internally, there was this sense of when this storm is blowing, I should not be hiding in my pen. When this storm is blowing, it's not the time for me to self-quarantine you know, technically and put myself in a place where I cannot be seen or heard. This is a phenomenal opportunity for me to pay attention to something deeper within me. So this eagle perched on the fence. And as he perched on his fence, looking up to the skies and looking at the gathering storm, all of a sudden he heard a shrill cry from another eagle that was gliding in the skies. And when he heard the shrill cry, it confirmed the voice on his inside. This eagle spread his wings and the stormy winds provided the platform for this eaglet to fly. Ladies and gentlemen, storms are for the revelation of eagles. Storms are not for chicken. The chicken are ground-bound, earth-bound. They are not even paying attention to the master that wants to put them under his wings. But the eagles are the ones who fly in the midst of storms. And I like what the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 40, and we last verse 21, verse 41. It says, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. Now, this is not everybody. It is they that wait upon the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. Okay? They will mount up a wig as eagles. This is not a time to join the crowd. This is not a time to listen to what they are listening to. This is not a time to say what they are saying. This is a time to hear what God is saying and wait upon the Lord. What makes you different from a chicken is whose voice you are hearing. And he lives in you. And his voice can be heard behind you saying, this is the way you should go. It is storms that reveal who we are. So every promise that God has made will only happen and come to reality for those who separate themselves from the crowd of CNN, BBC, and news catchers into a crowd of people who soak themselves into a relationship with God and begin to get guidance from his word. The Bible says, my troubles have led me to your textbook. My troubles have worked out for my good. Psalm 119, verse 100, verse 71. My, 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 my challenges have worked out for my good. They have led me to your textbook. They have led me to your word. This is the time to leave the crowd behind and wait upon the Lord. Get guidance, get instruction, get direction from him. 
because this is the time when you, as an eagle, will be announced. And I pray that in this season, God will announce you in Jesus' name. Number three, ensure that Jesus is in your vessel. Now, in the story of, in the, in the analysis of Mark, there were other vessels. There were other boats. Other smaller boats were around as well. I don't know what happened to them in the storm. If the bigger boats was really shaking like that, I wonder what will have become of the smaller boats. When storms happen, it's not when you begin to run to look for Jesus. When storm happens, not when you begin to find, do I, where can I find him? He needs to be in your boat. Now, Jesus can be left behind. Mary and Joseph showed us that Jesus can be left behind. If you read in Luke chapter 2, the Bible says they went to the temple together with him, and then they left and discovered after three days that Jesus was done with them. I pray that you and I will not discover after days that Jesus is not in our vessel in Jesus' name. The disciples have tried everything that they knew how to do, but thank God that Jesus was in their vessel. Thank God that they could go to the stand, wake him up, and say, Jesus, we need your help. The disciples followed him into the boat, went to the boat at his instruction, and ensured that he was there with them. This was a time to hear God once in a year, once in a while. This is a time to develop and cultivate an ongoing, regular relationship with Jesus. This is the time, there's this song we used to sing when we were young, with Jesus in my vessel I can smile at the storm, smile at the storm. I can smile at the storm with Jesus in my vessel. I can smile at the storm as we go sailing on. Now, what makes you able to smile and have confidence is when you know that Jesus is with you. Jesus, God did not promise us a life without storms. No, he promised us his presence in every situation and every occasion of our lives. What matters is not what is happening with you, it's who you are with. I realize that it doesn't matter if you are in wherever you are, if the people that you love are there with you, then you have joy. It, no matter where you are, if you have comfort and joy and peace where you are, then it's a fantastic place to be. There are people who have nothing, who are more excited, more happy, and more fulfilled than people who have everything. Ensure that you don't leave Jesus behind. Make sure that Jesus is in your vessel. That's not all. Be assured of his love. Ladies and gentlemen, when storm happens, is the time when people ask the question, does God really love us? People are wondering today and saying, how can you say God knows anything about this pandemic? How can you say God is aware of this disease? How can you not see that this means that God is somebody, I saw about this article, someone says God, this type of times lets you know that God is useless. Somebody had the audacity to put those works together. He says, there's no God, he doesn't have any regard for God. And this kind of season is where you know that his either doesn't exist or in his own world, he said, maybe he's a, he's, a, he's a maniac because he always creates death, he always creates this kind of things. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not time to doubt God. This is, time, this is not time to wonder, does God exist? Does God love me? Yes, we find the disciples in exactly the same place. They went to Jesus and said, teacher, don't you care that we perish? And I know many people around the world today are wondering, God, don't you care that we perish? Don't you see that 24,000 people are already dead? Don't you see that this thing is taking lives? Don't you see that you're taking lives of children? Taking lives out of middle-aged people? Taking lives of adults? Can't you see that this is what's already going on? Ladies and gentlemen, this is not time to challenge God's love. He loves you. He loves you. I was talking to somebody two days ago, and the person made a comment to me. He said, God is not listening to me. He said, it has taken 17 years. I've been in this challenge for 17 years, and God has done nothing about it. Why am I in these storms for so long? Ladies and gentlemen, the storms will last for as long as it takes for you 
to grow for as long as it takes for God to complete what is complete in your life. Bible says, where, it says, count it all joy. When tests and challenges come at you at every side, he said, don't try to get out of it in a hurry. Let it finish its work so that it can become complete, mature, perfect for what God wants to have you to do. Lacking nothing. If God really loves me, why have this storm so long? Don't you care that we perish? The storms are God's platforms for showing us his power and adding steel to our faith. I will not believe God the way I believe God if I have not seen God at work in my life. If I have not seen God say to me and bring it to pass. If I have not been in the middle of tumultuous challenges and overcome. If I have not passed through fire and I didn't get burned. If I have not passed through water and not get drowned. If I have not gone through the things that have allowed me to see the demonstration of God's power raw before my eyes, it will not deepen my conviction. It will not add steel to my faith. Be assured of God's love. So this morning, I want to remind you, God loves you. And God's love for you cannot be calibrated by looking at the seasons. God's love for you is eternal. God's love for you is in preparing for you in forever and ever and ever. Eternity has no time limit. A drop of water in the vast of his ocean does not even compare to the times of our life versus eternity. He loves you. Be assured. In this storm, an opportunity to realize God's power and not be railroaded by what you think. And people are wondering, where is God in all this? Oh, God is in your boat. God is wondering why you are afraid. God is wondering why he said something to you and you are still in doubt. God is wondering why he told you you will cross us the other side and now you are panicking. God is wondering why you have him in your boat and you have not consulted him and you have been running the elder skeleton looking for other alternatives. I can imagine what the disciples were doing before they woke up Jesus. They were fishermen. So they have been trying their own techniques. When the storm comes, you do like this. You turn the sail to the east. You do like this. You hold this. You throw over the boat. You do you, different methods, different methodology, different plan. But ladies and gentlemen, the first thing to do when faced with what you don't understand is ask God. That's when the value of that relationship becomes sterling. And I pray that in this season, your source of information will be God. Your source of truth will be God. You will not ponder to Google and be searching for the things that are not lost. Because guess what? There are paradigms that cancel paradigms. There are perspectives that cancel perspectives. Somebody says go into the sun. Another says quarantine. Different methods for the same problem. But there's only one thing that will exist and stand sure. God's word, God's truth, and your relationship with him. Let this season deepen that relationship and assure you of his love. Ladies and gentlemen, there are two ways to get through a storm. You can go through or you can turn back. And I imagine that the disciples of Jesus were in the midst of that city asking themselves, where are we closer to? Are we closer to where we are coming from or closer to where we are going to? Can we, <laughs> we are not going far. If we need to swim now, we can still swim here. What can we do to make it different? Ladies and gentlemen, he has told you, let us cross over to the other side. And I want to challenge you this morning, go through, don't go back. Don't reset your goals and say, let me plan and be realistic. Let me rechange my goals and the things that God has told me. Let me diminish them because God didn't know that this was going to happen. Well, God knew it was going to happen. God knew that those waves will push you closer. Those waves will move you further. Those waves will not capsize you because that's not the way he's going to die. And that's certainly not the way you're going to die as well. This is not time to turn back. This is time to press in and press forward. And I pray that in this season, God will press us forward in the name of Jesus. God will push us through in the name of Jesus. 
In case you're wondering here today again, act in faith, not fear. And I want to ask you this morning, this is essential. This season, the fear will build, the fear will grow. If you think you have seen the worst, ladies and gentlemen, we haven't. I hear there's food being distributed around Lagos State today. Praise God. And I think that's a very good move ahead of the times ahead. And I want to ask you today, what is the driving force of your activity? Now, the disciples in this, in this boat were driven not by trusting God, not by what he has said, not by the foundation of Jesus' words, not by the reality of their relationship with him, not by the fact that he was already in their boat. They were saved, they were Christians, they had Jesus in their boat. They had Jesus in the beginning. They had everything clearly set up before them. They had his children, let us leave the club and go. But guess what? Their activity was driven by the fear of perishing. Fear and faith are similar and opposite. They both expect to happen what has not happened. They both anchor on something. Fear usually anchors on death. Because once fear of death is gone, people live more fulfilling and more exciting lives. These disciples were afraid that they were going to perish. What is the driving force of your life? Why are you in quarantine? I'm not saying don't be in quarantine. The best cure for this time is self-isolate. Yes, the virus, we are the treatment. We are the cure. And the only way we can cure it is by not taking it around us, with us. But what's driving your activity? What's driving your comments? What's driving the energy that you're pushing in? Is it faith or is it fear? Is it assurance of what God has declared or a fear of what can happen? Is it confidence in what God has said? Or are you looking at the environment around you, looking at the wind and the waves to determine your response? Are you living based on what you can see or based on what he has said? Ladies and gentlemen, ask yourself this question. Because Jesus will rather have you operate by faith, not by fear. Jesus said to them, do you have no faith? Why are you so afraid? And then very calm, and very calmly, after solving the problem. He just looked at the wind and said, peace be still. So look at the sea, peace be still. And it became as calm as glass. Ladies and gentlemen, by the word of God, everything that is going on today will come to glass. The time is coming when Jesus will by himself speak and arrest situation. What will have been your experience? Will you have maximized the blessings that are in this storm? Will you have maximized the blessings of a deeper relationship? The blessings of remembering his promises. The blessings of living by faith. The blessings of having me in your boat. The blessings that are available in this season are those going to be your testimony and your reality? Or are you going to panic, waste your energy, waste your time? It's about waste. At the end of the day, Jesus Christ came to, through for them, but they had wasted energy. They have probably wasted resources. They have probably thrown things overboard. Let me challenge you a little bit this morning. In the last few weeks, in the last few weeks, I have looked at this storm, I have looked at the ways in which I can serve, and guess what? This month of March has been better than January and February. Why? Because if you understand that God is with you in the storm, if you understand that God is aware of this, if you understand that God is the creator of this, if you understand that God is sovereign, then you and I cannot afford to be in panic. You and I can calm down in the midst of anything that is going on, listen to clear instruction, and behave and imitate Jesus. What would have been the best response of disciples in this storm? They can lie down and be sleeping together while Jesus is sleeping. Because if the master of the universe is calm and asleep, why are you troubled and worried? The Bible says, that if the watchman doesn't watch over the house, if the Lord doesn't watch over the house, the watchman watches in vain. 
It's in vain that we make all our gyration if God is not in support of our cause. So my first step, the first thing is to seek his kingdom, is to seek his point of view and let that point of view define my activity so that I don't burn out or waste my strength or waste my energy. Ladies and gentlemen, these are the lessons from the storm. One, remember the promise. Two, leave the crowd behind. Those that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. They will not stay with the chickens. Make sure that Jesus is in your boat because you will need him. Build, cultivate, develop a relationship with Jesus. Jesus loves us. We can't afford to be in doubt of his love. We can't afford to be in doubt of his love. In fact, at this time, we must spread his love. We must share his love. We must reach out in love. This is not time to tell people how to do what to do. This is time to show people by our lives. How many people have you sent food to? How many people have you connected to that you have never connected before? We are in stay away time. Who are you calling? How are you spending your time? How much time are you spending with God, with reading your Bible, with praying, with seeking even God? What about your loved ones? He loves you. This is not time to be in doubt. Go all the way with him. Cross over to the other side with him. Don't cave in. Ladies and gentlemen, when I look at the promises of God for this year, I am excited. I'm excited because it's the beginning of golden years, the year we will walk with God. And in walking with him, we will hear his voice. We'll be led, we'll be instructed, we'll be guided, we'll be directed by him. And I pray that this will be your own reality and your truth as well. In the name of Jesus. It's a time to act in faith, not fear. What does faith do? Faith listens to God's word and responds. Faith doesn't cook up imaginary promises. Faith says, what have you said? And lives a life that is incongruent with it. Because it's by faith that we please God. And anyone who comes to God must know that he is and the reward of those who do seek him. So as we seek him, hear him, and respond to his voice to us, we live by faith. I shared with us last week that in every pandemic, there's judgment, repentance, there are witnesses, and there's salvation. God wants you in this storm. He's giving you an opportunity to be a witness. I like what William said. He said, I shared Christ with my friend and he received him. Without this occasion, he would not even pay attention to that message. We are all so busy in everything that will not matter in eternity. So busy, so driven, so running around doing various things. We, we have forgotten. We have refused to pay attention to his word. And this is an opportunity for us to review again. All the storm will be over. But what blessings are you taking away from this storm? And very quickly this morning, I'd like to give us a very interesting summary of the things that can become your reality in this storm. One, you can build the blessing of faith. You can become somebody who becomes stronger in faith by seeing God at work. I and mean, may you be useful to him in this time. You can see the blessing of God's sovereignty. At this time, you can realize and relax that God is in charge. You know, many of us here, God is sovereign. God is sovereign. We need times like this to let us know that God is in control of good and evil. The devil is not the opposite of God. He is a servant. He does only what he is permitted. God is sovereign. God put a king through heaven, hell on earth for years so that he can learn this lesson you are learning cheaply. So that you may, until you come to realize that God runs things on the earth, you will be an animal. God rules in the affairs of men. This is an opportunity to have the blessing of God's power. I remember when I was in secondary school, I had the opportunity of praying for someone 
and I saw demons leave. I saw demons leave the person's life. I saw the person's life change. I had the opportunity of praying for someone that was sick. I saw the person recover. I had the opportunity of preaching God's word and seeing hundreds of people give their lives to Christ. It's when we see God's power that our convictions are deepened. That's when we have peace that only he can give. The blessings of God's power. We have an opportunity to have the blessings of God's strong foundation. Bible says anybody who hears these words of mine and does not use them as Bible study alone, but actively walks them into his life, shall be like a man who built his house upon the rock. Ladies and gentlemen, the opportunities that we have to run back to God's word are crystallizing and strengthening our foundation. We have the blessing of being able to have God's foundation. Somebody said, yesterday I was reading a comment from somebody, an old-time friend, and said, thank God for this time. I can now read my Bible. I'm having my quiet time because I'm working from home. I know somebody probably was abandoned this way for 14 years. Church, wake up! Yes, sir. If you're with God is going cold, you are on a very, very, you're skating on very thin ice. Build a sure foundation. It's a blessing of interdependence. The blessing of realizing that other people are useful to us, we are useful to other people. Many of us have learned to be independent. We don't depend on anybody. And we are useful to nobody. Times like this remind us and give us an opportunity to add value to our lives, to be useful to other people, and to allow them to serve us as well. These are blessings of this time. There is a blessing of simplification. All of a sudden, all our lives have become simple. All of a sudden, all of us are indoors. All of a sudden, many people who didn't know that their children are in secondary school now know that their children are in secondary school. All of a sudden, people have thought their children are in primary two now realize that they are in nursery one. The blessing of simple lives, the blessing of an opportunity to do simple things, of realizing that life is not complicated, blessing of realizing that many things we have packaged and positioned as very important are not so important. The blessing of realizing that there are some things that don't look like they are urgent, but their importance makes them something that should be in our everyday schedule. And I pray that these blessings will not leave you when the storm is over in the name of Jesus. That when all this is done and dusted, you will become a new person. And your life will be transformed because you will learn to simplify. You will learn not to complicate your life, but to realize the things that are vital in the name of Jesus. At this time, we have the blessing of being a blessing. And I don't know about you, when was the last time you really blessed someone? When was the last time you really made a difference in anybody's life? When was the last time you thought about anybody but yourself? When? When was the last time you looked and said, ah, ah let me do something with somebody? Ladies and gentlemen, don't let this opportunity pass you by. Get a bowl of gari, go out and give somebody. Isolate, maintain your distance, cover your face, cover your nose, cover whatever you want to cover, but show love. When was the last time you went to somebody else's Facebook page and just told them that you love them? These days, I'm getting very strange people buzz me and say, send me something, I need something. And you know what? Be a blessing. Let God guide you, be a blessing. And then I gentlemen, for the first time in my own lifetime, I can see the world uniting. And I don't know what creates that except the blessings of storms. Storms are times when if you are caught in a boat together, even if you are racist, even if you are a bigot, even if you do not understand, you love your neighbor. Because you now have a common enemy, you have to bond together to solve it. I saw a video about, I think somewhere in, was it Italy, where a number of white folk were clapping for black Cuban doctors and celebrating them. Not for doing anything significant, but just for coming to their country to come and help. They hadn't done anything. 
All they had done was show up. And guess what? All the age-long walls of racism, of bigotry, of, of your people, your people, my people, my people, is melting in the sight of a common enemy. And ladies and gentlemen, I want you to embrace this time, utilize this opportunity, and be united. Look for people that you have been against, people you have worked in contract almost to, and say, how can we work together? How can we rise beyond our differences? These are real blessings in this time. And these are real lessons that you and I can learn and can walk into our lives. Ladies and gentlemen, the storms are God's creations. They are God's plotting and arenas for lifting up his eagles, for allowing them to fly, allowing them to soar beyond the ordinary, allowing them to come into all the blessings of his power, of his sure foundation, of his sovereignty, of faith, of simple lives, of being a blessing and unity. And I pray that in this season, the same will characterize your life in Jesus' name. So very quickly this morning, I'd like us to pray. I'd like to lead us in prayer this morning. Wherever you are around the world, you know, we're gathered from different places. We can see from Germany, from the U.S., from Nigeria, all over the world. Let us pray this morning and say, God, I don't want to pass through this season the same. I want to, be, I want to learn. I want to be better. I want the things that your word shows to become a reality in my life. I want to hold on to your promise and have them delivered. I don't, want to, I don't want to miss out in this time. I don't want to be lost in this season. I want to remember your promise. I want to walk all the way with you. I want to deepen my relationship with you. I want to remember what your word said and dwell upon your word. I want to live by faith and not by fear. I want to be a source of light in the darkness of my environment. I want to be the one that gives hope. I want, one that, I want to be the one that dispels fear. I want to be the one that assures people that Jesus is in this vessel and it is not coming down. I want to be your voice. I want to be your representative. I want to be a witness for you. Not just a witness, a, an effective witness. I want my witness to turn men to righteousness. I want my witness to turn men to truth. Okay? Pray this morning that God, I want to be a witness. I want to be useful to your, your hands today in the life of others. I want the blessing of being a blessing. I want to be a blessing, oh God. I want to be a blessing, dear God. Pray this morning that you will be a blessing. You'll be a blessing to others. You'll be a channel through which others will be saved. You'll be a vessel through which others will come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. You'll be the Jesus in the boat of many others. That in the life of your friends, your community, and your, and your people, you will be Jesus in their midst. That Jesus lives in you and you will be as Christ. You will cry peace is you. You will cause calm and to be restored in your environment. You will be in the name of Jesus. Pray this morning. Pray this morning. Have Lord, we bless and exalt you. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor and adoration, King of glory, in the name of Jesus.